scripture comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, Pray with me once more. Father, we commit this time to you. Would you speak to us now? Thank you that your word is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. Pray that through the preaching of this word, would you penetrate deep and deep into our hearts, Lord, and would you help us to not only receive this message in faith, but help us also apply it uh, to our daily lives. Thank you, and we love you. And in your precious name we pray, amen. Lately, um, Shine's been kind of in my face, uh, telling me, at least once per day, even before um, she left for Korea, you need to start working out. <laughs> and I, I tried to just brush it off, but, but it became a daily reminder, right? Why are you always lying down? Get up. <laughs> Get up. <laughs> you're always so tired, and, and you're, you're exhausted, and you're never, you know, like this, and you got to start working out again. And then she pulled that line, you know, you got to do it for the family. <laughs> and as if that wasn't bad enough, now, Maya started throwing these passing comments at me, too. Uh, after eating a meal, and, of course, she, she would say it in Korean, but I'll just translate. It's like, Maya, did you have a good meal? It's like, yeah, look at my stomach. It's like yours. <laughs> it's like, ouch. And when I offer her uh, more food, Maya, do you want to eat more food? And she'll be like, no, it's okay, because then my stomach will become like yours. <laughs> then that really got me thinking, and perhaps it's time for me to really um, get up and start working out again. But I remember this one specific episode of Peppa Pig. Parents, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you probably saw endless um, episodes, and for those of you who are still single, married but without children, you'll know what I'm talking about soon. <laughs> so there's this one episode of Peppa Pig, and it was entitled, Daddy Gets Fit. But he does quite the opposite, actually. All he does in that episode is, um, yeah, I'm working out, I'll take care of myself, but all he's doing is just lying down on the couch like that with a remote control and just doing nothing, right? Nothing. And, and after hearing these comments from um, Shine and Maya, I was just reminded, I don't know why, of this image, it's specific Episode. This was, I think, God's way of just waking me up, telling me, okay, you got to really get up and start exercising because it will have consequences later on. So, so because of, you know, Shine's comments and Maya's passing comments, and, and I started working out again. And, and once I started working out, I realized, wow, I've been really neglecting, like seriously neglecting uh, self-care. And I ran for my first run on June 17th, and I documented this. And John Hyun, he was gracious enough to, to come with me to make sure that I don't pass out, right? 
And so we, we actually ran right here at St. John's, this beautiful field here, the track. And, and I remember after running for like a few minutes, and this is after warm-up, I was just like huffing and puffing. I was just like, oh, man, I'm done. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. But I didn't want to show that to John to, 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 to kind of, because it's embarrassing. <laughs> I didn't want to let him know that I'm dying. And, and I even tried to use this like reverse psychology. It's like, John, you, you doing okay? Like, should we continue? <laughs> but he did not give in. No, he's like, no, I think we should finish. We should, we should continue to run and we should cross that finish line together. So that didn't work. <laughs> So we ran and ran together, and then we died together <laughs> after crossing that finish line. Uh, but thankfully, I've been more disciplined now, so I've been working out for the past three weeks. And so it's been going. Uh, please pray for me. Keep me accountable. Uh, send me texts. Do it for the family <laughs> so that I can keep this going, right? You know, today's passage reminds us that the Christian life is a race, And as disciples of Jesus Christ, we are called to run this race that is set before us. And no one is exempt from running this race. This is not an option. We are called to run this race. Now, with that in mind, I would like for us to focus on three things this morning. Uh, Number one, the importance of looking upward. Number two, the importance of looking forward. And number three, the importance of looking backward. Let's jump into our first point together, the importance of looking upward. Let's read verse 1 one more time. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You know, what is one thing that all competitive runners have in common? And it doesn't take a genius to figure this out, right? And I have a picture just to make a point. And they dress as lightly as possible. Why? So that nothing will get in the way of running. So that they can run efficiently. So that they can go all the distance. So that without any distractions and hindrances, they can finish the cross line, right? And as you can see, they don't carry anything that will hinder them. They don't carry anything that are unnecessary now in verse 1 the author of Hebrews urges us to throw away two things in order to run with endurance and this is actually a solemn warning for all of us see unless we intentionally throw away these two things we won't be able to run the race that is set before us with endurance now with that in mind let's spend some time thinking about these two things First, laying aside every weight. And then we will, we will talk about the sin which clings so closely. Laying aside every weight. Now, what is that? What is the author of Hebrews talking about here? And why do we need to, to throw away, lay aside every weight? He's not referring to, to sin here, as we have seen, because he's going to talk about sin next, right? And what is he talking about here when he mentions every weight? He's referring to everything that distracts you, pretty much, from running this race anything that can distract you from running this race things that can possibly slow you down things that can possibly drag you down from running this race faithfully with endurance perhaps these are things that have become so ingrained in you that you simply cannot let go of them even when you know for a fact that with them 
it's going to be extremely difficult for me to continue to run the race. But even knowing that you still can let go of those things. It could be your functional idols, things that you turn to for satisfaction, things that you turn to over and over again for meaning, for identity, for significance, for self-worth, things that you eventually love more than Jesus, things that you depend on more than Jesus. See, these are things, um, these are good things that aren't necessarily sinful, right? Such as money, possessions, power, fame, status, comfort, safety. They're not necessarily bad things. They're not necessarily sinful in and of themselves. But here's the thing. Once you begin to trust them more than Jesus, once they begin to own you, so that you change, so that it, they change the way you live your life. So that instead of turning to Jesus, that you turn to these things more, then we have a problem. Then these things will become a weights for you that will distract you and hinder you from running this race. Once you start living for them, then they will wear you down and distract you, drag you, and ultimately to the point that you can run this race anymore they're a dead weight dead weight that will get you nowhere dead end now to be able to run effectively the author of Hebrews urges us and warns us and challenges us identify these weights that are in your life that you turn to over and over again that's not Christ identify them and throw them away Throw them away. Lay them aside so that you can continue to run the race that is set before you with endurance. So two questions that you can ask yourself practically as you honestly identify these things in your life, right? Does this help me run? Ask yourself. Whatever that thing you're clinging to, whatever that thing you're holding on to, whatever that thing you're treasuring, cherishing, Ask yourself, after you come up with a list, does this help me run? Can this help me run with endurance? If it does quite the opposite, then throw them away. Just a hindrance, an obstacle, a distraction that will actually not help you to run this race well, right? I think Matt Chandler's quote is helpful here when he writes, Fill your life with things that stir your affections for Jesus and cut out what robs you of those affections. Throw away all those dead weights, useless weights, things that are unnecessary for your spiritual life so that you can remain faithful to your Savior, so that you can continue to run this race victoriously, but also with endurance. Now, second, secondly, he talks about laying aside sin, which clings so closely. Now, in the New Testament Greek, the word here, cling, actually means, a, uh, actually means well planted and all around, something that completely surrounds you. So figuratively, it actually refers uh, to something uh, that is a, a serious hindrance that just encircles you. So here we get an imagery of, of sin 
as something that has surrounds you, sin, some, as something that entangles you, as something that obstructs, something that actually suffocates you so that you can't move, so that you're just stuck there. And I think this is our problem, that we tend to totally underestimate sin, the power of sin, what sin can actually do to us. And let's be honest, at first, sin does promise pleasure and freedom, right? But it actually um, delivers quite the opposite, and that's usually what happens, right? Quite the opposite happens, because sin lies, sin tricks, sin traps, sin enslaves, and it suffocates, and ultimately it destroys and kills the person. And this is why John Owen said, be killing sin, or sin will be killing you. And this is why we need to continue to not only run, but as we run, we need to continue to fight because sin's going to be right there. An enemy is going to be right there trying to distract us so that we give in to temptations, to the, so that we end up being distracted. But not only that, he will tempt us so that we just give up. Now, to help you better understand what sin looks like and what actually can, sin can do to you, let me read three quotes uh, from these authors. Stephen Lawson Regarding sin, this is what he writes. Sin dazzles, then delights. But it deceives, then destroys, until at last it damns. Met, uh, Smithers, uh, this is what he writes. Sin crouches, referring to Genesis 4-7, which means it actually looks a lot smaller than it really is. And usually this is why we, we give in, because we don't see what sin can actually do to you, the, the devastating impact it can have in our life. We just think, oh, quick bite, you know, how, how bad could it hurt, right? Usually that's how our, our, our tendency and approach to sin. And let's be honest, as, as sinners by nature, we tend to want to, to get as close to, as to sin as possible <laughs> without, without getting burned, right? I mean, that's usually our tendency. Klein's not grass, this is what he writes, evil rarely looks evil, until it accomplishes its goal. It gains entrance by appearing attractive, desirable, and perfectly legitimate. It is a baited and camouflaged trap. This is what sin does. And this is what sin looks like. And we totally underestimate sin. And once it gains entrance into your life and coupled with our sinful nature, it's just going to cling. It's going to surround you. It's going to suffocate you so that you can't move, and it'll destroy you, right? And this is how we have to throw it away. We have to continue to fight so that we can continue to run. But ultimately, sin is unbelief, right? Because when you sin, you're engaging in an act of unbelief. In essence, when we sin, we're telling God, this is what I want. This is what's best for me. And I'm going to continue to indulge because this is what feels right and good to me, right? And I'm sure many, as, many of us have been there. And But author, as author of uh, Hebrews reminds us, unless we intentionally throw away every weight, and these are dead weights, and sin which clings to us, we won't be able to run this race. It would be impossible for us to run this race. Now, this is why we have to look upward 
as we run. Why? Verse 2, author of Hebrews reminds us, right, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. You know, running this race is hard enough, and I'm sure for those of you who try running, (laughs) it's hard to keep it going, right? And running this race, this faith race is hard enough, but we have these two things going against us. Every weight and sin which clings so closely, right? And this is why as we continue to run, we need to look upward to Jesus because he is the author and perfecter of our faith. And throughout this faith race, we desperately need to look upward. Another way of looking at that is we need to cling to him. We need to cling to him, depend on the strength that he will give us, depend on the grace which he will continue to lavish upon broken and needy sinners like us. But let's be honest. You know, there are times, you know, we just want to give in and we just want to give up. I mean, running this race is hard enough, but we also have to be mindful of these dead weights and we need to continue to intentionally fight the sins that continue to entangle us, distract us, keep us from running this race. But not only that, in addition to that, we also have the cares of life. The things that life throws at us, the burdens of living in this broken world, and all the twists and turns and unexpected things that just come into our lives, right? But not to mention the waging war within this is what we are up against. And let's be honest, and I feel this way too sometimes. There are just days I, I can't even stand <laughs> because it's, the fight itself is so difficult. And forget race, forget running, I can barely stand. <laughs> and I'm sure you guys have all been there feeling, you know, feeling, you know, desperate as you go through these moments of brokenness and desperation. But what can we possibly do in these moments when we feel so exhausted, burnt out, desperate, and broken, right? Jared Wilson, in his book, The Imperfect Disciple, this is what he writes to actually encourage um, sinners who have a hard time um, running the race. And this is what he writes. The essential message of Christianity isn't do but done. The good news is news, not instruction. It it announces to us not get to work, but it is finished. So it turns out that the direct route to God-honoring behavior is born not of good behavior, but of good beholding. You will be struggling to see the glory your whole life. I was preoccupied with uh, and perversely interested in pale imitations of glory. I was committing clear sins and engaging in this behavior. I didn't simply have a behavior problem, but a belief problem, a worship problem. What eventually served to cure my taste for this shiny death was not getting my act together, but finally truly seeing the glory of my crucified Savior. We will be struggling to see the glory. We will always be fighting this battle. Our ability to actively and persistently follow Jesus will be centrally driven by our comprehension of his glory. Beholding Christ's glory is the number one directive for following Jesus. And in fact, it's sometimes the only effort we lousy disciples can muster up. And sometimes looking is all the rest of us have the energy for. I've been there, and I'm sure you guys have all been there too in your walks with God. You want to run, but you can't because you're wiped out. 
you're exhausted, you're weary from fighting this battle, and you can barely stand because of the burdens of life, what can we possibly do? Forget running. How can you even stand? But here, Jared Wilson reminds us, look up. Sometimes that's all we can do. Look up to your Savior, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. Let his beauty, let his glory once again remind you of the power that can come from the gospel. But not only that, as you continue to behold, as you continue to gaze upon his beauty and glory, let that remind you of the first reason why you are running so that you can stand back up in faith and continue to run with endurance the race that is set before us. And this is why I love that hymn, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, and it goes like this, right? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Are you feeling burnt out? Are you feeling exhausted? You don't want to run anymore? You don't want to fight anymore? Look up. Behold his glory. Behold his majesty. Behold his beauty. And let that remind you of who he is and who you are. And through that, let it strengthen you so that you can continue to run. And you feel fallen so that you can get back up again and stand in faith and learn to run this race again. Let's jump to our second point, the importance of looking forward. I want to draw your attention to the word endurance. In verse 1, the author of Hebrews calls us, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now, in the New Testament Greek, this word endurance actually means to be under the challenge, to be to and to remain there. So, if you put that together, the word actually means to remain under the challenge. So that's why endurance means here in this context, in the context of a race, right? To remain under the challenge, to remain under the difficulty, to remain under the struggle, to remain faithful until the end, even under the challenge without giving up. So it tells us that even this word alone, endurance, that it'll be challenging, it'll be difficult, but you need to remain under that as you continue to run. So this actually tells us, and the author of Hebrews reminds us that, that this won't be easy. <laughs> the Christian life is a race, and it's, it's a fight, and it won't be easy, right? And it'll be a struggle until the end. Now, let's consider the life of Apostle Paul. You know, for Paul, the Christian life was both a race and a war. And it wasn't easy for him to continue to run this race that was set before him. And and while running this race, he had to continue to fight to stay the course. He had to continue to fight intentionally so that he can continue to run and eventually finish this race race so that he can finish the cross line, right? And consider these words from Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. 
Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, Acts 20, 24, but I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And elsewhere, 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. As he kept running, you know, while fighting, to stand up in faith while fighting to stay the course. What did he do? He kept looking forward. Yes, he also looked upward to his Lord and Savior because ultimately it was Christ who enabled him to finish this race, but he kept looking forward. Why? Because he knew what was ahead. He was what was ahead of him. He knew what was waiting for him. Then one day, after finishing this race, though he'll be able to spend eternity with his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, face to face. The new eternal resurrection life was waiting for him. Though he will enter into glory with his Lord and Savior, that's what kept him going as he kept looking forward. And he had to intentionally fight again and again and to remain focused, to spiritually alert, alert and awake so that he could keep running. And, and that's what enabled him to stay on course, and that's what enabled him to ultimately finish this race. He looked upward, and he looked forward. Now, in Ephesians 6, Paul reminds also that, that our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil. And the one word that he uses there to, to describe the spiritual warfare is actually wrestle. And that's a combat word. A hand-to-hand, face-to-face combat. And so through that word, Paul actually reminds us that the, the danger is imminent. The enemy is actually a lot closer than you think. Hence, the author of Hebrews reminds us, right? Sin will cling to you. So you need to fight, intentionally fight again and again to throw that away or else you're not going to be able to run. And not to mention the other dead weights that will get in the way, right? But you see how Paul was able to continue to run with endurance and finish this race? It was hard for him. I mean, read through the book of Acts and see what kind of life Paul had to live for God's glory and kingdom. I mean, it's a life that none of us will volunteer to sign up. There's no, there's no, um, there's nothing that says, that cries out, why I want that life. It's nothing glamorous and comfortable about the life that he led, but he kept going. He kept running. He kept fighting with endurance. Why? Because he looked upward to his Lord and Savior, and he looked forward Romans 8.18, For I consider that, my, that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. He looked forward. He knew what was ahead of him. 
And let's be honest, brothers and sisters. I mean, doesn't it feel so much better? And isn't it so much easier to just give in and give up from time to time? And fighting sin is it's, it's extremely difficult. And in spite of everything that's happening in our own lives, to be able to continue to run this race with perseverance and to continue to remain under that challenge and struggle, but, but at the same time continue to run this race with endurance and, and joy, almost sounds impossible. And, but this is why we have to look upward and forward as we continue to run this race, a Christian life. Jump to our last point, the importance of looking backward. Verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so easily, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Here, author of Hebrews actually goes out of his way to mention about this great cloud of witnesses. And if you actually look back on chapter Hebrews chapter 11, it's that chapter, great chapter on faith, right? And he goes out of his way to list specific individuals. These are heroes of faith. This is the hall of faith, right? People who have already gone before us, who have, you know, ran this race well by the grace of God, and people who actually managed to finish this race well by the grace of God while looking upward and forward. But Paul here, uh, the author of Hebrews here actually reminds us that we, as we run, we also need to look backward. Now, there's a big difference. I'm not saying that we're going backward, that we're not running backward. We're, we're looking backward, right? You know, ever since I began exercising again, I've been using this fitness app so that I can keep track of my progress to see whether I'm losing weight, to see whether I'm able to, to run longer, to see if I'm um, making progress. Because like, that's just my way, um, my way of just pushing myself so that I can really um, achieve my next goal. And once I get there, set another goal so that I can continue to, to run and, and to train uh, efficiently, right? And, and it's, it's, really, it's, it's been really helpful because it helps me to, to pause as I continue to exercise and train and look back on how far I have come. I remember when I first went for that run, and I was just huffing and puffing. I, I was dying. <laughs> I remember telling myself when I first stepped in that track, I was like, okay, I'm just going to run a mile today to see um, how it feels and to see how I do because I need, I need a starting point so that I can continue to make progress. And I remember, yeah, I had to really push myself to finish. And I remember after second lap, I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I think I'm going to pass out. But somehow I, I, I mustered about the energy to just keep kept going and finish. And I remember after crossing the finish line, I was just like wiped out. But now I could actually run a, a mile and, and, and at least I'm not huffing and puffing. And it shows that I, I have been making progress and, and I've been really utilizing this app to, 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 to keep, to keep uh, progress, right? And I think as we continue to run this race that is set before us and as we continue to intentionally live out our faith as 
Christians, there are times where we need to actually look back and see how far we have come so that we can thank God for, for, the, for the battles that we faced in the past, but also for the grace that he has provided so that we were able to endure and, and be where we are today, right? And this is why sometimes we need to just pause and look back and to thank him. Thank him for the grace. Thank him for the mercy. Thank him for his love and faithfulness, for getting us through that difficult stretch. And let that remind you of his faithfulness so that as you continue to run while looking upward and forward, that you can do that with endurance, but also with joy, trusting and knowing and believing that there is a finish line and there is something so great that's beyond our comprehension, you know, waiting for us, right? Galatians 5, 7. You know, when Paul was writing this letter to the Christians in, in Galatia, and in Galatians 5, 7, this is actually his rebuke um, to the Christians there. And this is what he writes. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth. They have been running well, but something happened to them, so they stopped running, or they started running not as passionately. Right? And I'm sure as Christians, you guys have been running this race. But how are you guys doing in your walk with God, in this faith race? Perhaps you have been running well up until a certain point, but then you started clinging to, holding on to things that are needed for this race, these dead weights. Perhaps sin has been clinging to you to the point that you can't even move because it just suffocates, right? What has been hindering you from running this race and this is a question I do believe that we need to honestly ask ourselves another question is perhaps you've been running but but are you running in the right direction <laughs> you know in 1 Corinthians 9 26 this is Paul this is what Paul says I do not run aimlessly have you been running? But here's a question. Are you running your race? Or are you running the race that is set before you by God? Those are two different things, right? Those are two opposite directions. So are you running, but are you running aimlessly, right? Because the Christian race is not aimless running. And we are called to run this race that is set before us there's a clear path. Which race are you running? Which race have you been running? Now, as we close, I do have a couple questions um, for you guys to, to ponder. Now, what kind of runner are you spiritually? Perhaps some of you, you know, you treat this Christian race, this this uh, faith race like a sprint 
you run as fast as you can for a season, for a short period of time, and then that's it. Then you burn out. You're wiped out. You're exhausted. Perhaps you've been treating um, this Christian life, this faith race, like sprint as if you're sprinting. If that is true, I think you're running too fast. And if you continue to run that way, you're not going to make it to the finish line, right? And you will most likely crash and burn. And you need to slow down. Pace yourself. Usually when you're sprinting spiritually, you're, trying, you're doing too much, right? You're trying to do too much. Your plate is full and you're overwhelmed, right? So pace yourself so that you can continue to run this race with endurance and joy so that as you continue to run, you can finish this, way, finish this race well, right? For some of us, we approach this race like a casual jogging, as if you're going for a, a stroll in a park, right? And you just run aimlessly. And, but you stop as soon as it, it gets difficult, you stop as soon as it, become, it, it becomes really uncomfortable. So you don't mind running as long as it doesn't hurt. You just want to run you know, comfortably. And you become too comfortable in your comfort zone. And if that's how you've been approaching your Christian life, this race, this faith race, you need to start running more intentionally. You need to pick up the pace. You need to come out of your comfort zone and push yourself so that you can run with endurance as you look upward and forward, right? Last but not least, but we need to also run together, brothers and sisters. We need to run this race together. And we don't have to worry about coming in first. This is not that kind of race. We will all receive a prize at the end, right? And that's what's promised to us in the scriptures. And there are no losers in this race. And all of us, let's be honest, none of us can actually qualify to run this race, right? This faith race. I mean, the name of this race is Jesus Invitational, right? You get invited to run this race. And we get to run it by grace. And we get to continue to to stay in this race by grace. And we will one day finish this race by grace, right? So we don't have to worry about competing, looking better than the person next to us. We run together. And you know why we need to run this race together? As, as Hebrews chapter 12, verses 12 to 14 reminds us, and here it goes. Take care, brothers, lest there be any of you, um, in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day as long as he's called today so that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ if we need, uh, we hold our original confidence firm to the end. I want to draw your attention to the deceitfulness of sin. See, we need each other because of the deceitfulness of sin. We need each other because we all have blind spots. We need to speak the truth in love into our lives, especially if you know a brother or sister who's struggling to run this race because of all the dead weights that he or she have been carrying up until this point. 
And if you know a brother or sister who's just caught in sin, and that sin is just being clinging to that person so that they can't run this race, you need to pray for them, love them, and also speak the truth, right? In love. In essence, run this race together, side by side. Come along a brother or sister who's struggling to run and run together, right? Trusting that the work that he began in our lives, as, as Paul reminds us in, in Philippians 1.6, he will finish. And one day, by God's grace, we will be able to finish this race. And that's the promise of the gospel, right? And may the power of the gospel continue to strengthen us so that we can continue to stand firm in faith, but not only that, continue to run as we look upward and as we look forward, but also at time looking backward to see how far we have come in this race of faith so that we can thank God and with even more gratitude and joy and humility continue to run this race for the glory of God that is set before us. Let's pray. God, we are so thankful that you are faithful. We're so thankful that you love us, that your grace is more than sufficient for all of our needs, Lord. Father, as we continue to to run this race, this faith race that is marked before us, God, it is our prayer and hope that would you continue to, to, to be with us. May your word and may the gospel continue to strengthen us so that we can not only stand firm in faith, but continue to run this race that is marked before us with endurance, but also with joy as we look upward to you, Lord, and as we look forward to what lies ahead for those who are in Christ Jesus. But help us also remember to look back so that we, so that we are even more thankful, so that our hearts are filled with just gratitude and thankfulness for for what you have already been doing in our lives. So God, with that in mind, would you help us to just continue to run uh, victoriously the race that is set before us, Lord. Father, would you also have mercy upon us, Lord, so that all these dead weights that perhaps we have been carrying, but also the sin which clings so closely, Father, would you help us and in your mercy and with the strength that you provide us, Lord, would you help us to, to lay them aside and help us to throw them away, Lord, that we can continue um, to fix our eyes upon you and with that just continue to run this race and by your grace finish this race well father we commit our lives to you thank we're so thankful that our lives are in your hands and that there's absolutely nothing that can separate us from your love in christ let me pray amen